is the Flex Network. <laughs> this is the Flex Network. Flex on them. Flex on everybody. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Flex Network. I'm your host, Flex Shane. You can follow me on Twitter at the Flex Network One. I'm joined once again by I'm going to call him my new part uh, my new partner because honestly Brandon he's old news now Mike Dickinson <laughs> you can follow him on Twitter at Mike underscore Dickinson Mike what the hell is going on brother dude we got a banger of a slate this week there's a lot of a lot of games with some high projected play output um and there's one dog that you kind of want to stay away from but I don't want to uh, I don't want to jump the shark ugh dog with fleas. It's just going to be depressing. Uh, spoiler alert, all you Seattle Seahawks fans, the dawn is not quite here yet because mm-hmm. it is still the dead of night. That's why Brandon's not here this week. He's That's in pretty much why he's not here. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so, so we'll get the we'll get the slate started out here just because there's a lot to talk about. And um, so this week, it is, it is interesting. So for those of you who are starting your fantasy playoffs this week, y'all made a mistake in your league. That is that is bad. That is bad practice. Blame your commissioner. Unacceptable because you got the Colts with, of course, the RB1 on the season, Mr. Jonathan Taylor. He's on by. You've got my beautiful, beloved Patriots on by. But, I mean, from a fantasy perspective, not really a big deal. Oh, um, wait. He, I got. I have a delicious fantasy nugget on the Patriots. Kendrick oh, Bourne uh, trails T. Higgins by 0.2 PPR points this season. He has seven more points than Amari Cooper and Elijah Moore. That, that add, is Kendrick, add Kendrick Bourne to your bench and ride him all the way to championships, ladies and gentlemen. That is that is a shocking stat line that I would not yeah. have realized. So thank you for bringing that up to our attention, Mike, because my goodness, how far I didn't come. either. I didn't realize it either. I stumbled upon it. Yeah, that's fantasy crazy, Twitter. man. <laughs> Gotta love fantasy Twitter. Jalen uh, yeah. Hurts, of course, the Eagles on by. And then uh, Miles Gaskin on the COVID list, but we don't care because the Dolphins are on by. So there's four teams, legitimately like some um, viable, important fantasy starters. So, man, between that and injuries this week, it's uh, it's going to be interesting. Rest in peace, anybody who had the uh, the Detroit Lions backfield. Mm. We got Bali, Bali, yeah, welcome, brother. We got Mike. Good morning, gentlemen. Good morning, boys. Thank you very Good much. Oh no, Bali needs some serious help. We're here to help, brother. We're here to help. That is what we're here just for. Just tell us how. Just t- just tell us how. So there are some interesting games. Was, so, so typically we you know we're pretty um, methodical. We're going alphabetical, but I want to go. I want to start with a hot game first. And okay. Coincidentally, it's also um, it's the Monday night game, which is why we typically wouldn't talk about it till the end. But alphabetically, Arizona Cardinals. Going up against the LA Rams. This is going to be a massive game. I love this game for Monday night. It's going to be a lot of fun. It is a 51.5 over under, and the cards are favored by two and a half points. I mean, this game is huge for both of these teams, both from an NFL perspective, but also from a fantasy perspective. So, first of all, ladies and gentlemen, Kyler Murray is back. Last week, he put up a monster 31 point game, including 10 carries for 59 yards and two touchdowns. Seems like all his wide receivers are healthy right now. Um, are we confident starting pretty much anybody and everybody? Maybe not Rondell Moore, but um, from a wide receiver perspective, what do you think, Mike? Yeah, I think you can. I just think you have to temper your expectations. So it seems that 
this season, I think we were all hoping that D Hop would continue to get that that target volume and would continue with that output. You know, make him a lock and loaded top end wide receiver one all season. And it just kind of hasn't been there. I think you have to be a little more realistic about it. He's a low end one, high end two. That's been a little bit touchdown dependent. So, uh, definitely plug him in. I don't. I with where you drafted him, you probably don't have better options, especially with injuries, COVID, buy everything like that. But you got to temper mm-hmm. your expectations and then set the rest of your lineup accordingly. Um, yeah, well, what's what's interesting is Christian Kirk is finally starting to come out. I mean, this is I would call this a breakout season for Christian Kirk, which we love. But you know, DeAndre Hopkins, he was used to getting twenty five to thirty percent of that target share. Which, as we talked about before, if you want to have an elite target share, it's pretty much north of twenty five percent. He's been closer to seventeen, eighteen, nineteen percent on the season, which is I, I would dare to say almost a career low for this guy. Um, and we've seen him be productive with with crappy quarterbacks in the past. Why? Because they fed him volume. Um, I'm sure that DeAndre Hopkins would much rather be on a winning team with a more balanced offense than being the dog. So I'm not too worried about that. My question to you, Mike Dickinson, we ask it, we ask every week because this is officially the James Conner watch. Chase Edmonds, he is designated to return off IR. He's expected to play Monday night. You're of course going to play James Conner just because all he does is get into the end zone. But are you comfortable starting Chase Edmonds, likely in a flex play? Uh, position this week mm, no I, Interesting. i've never i've never i've never been a chase edmonds guy um okay i've i thought that his uh the, the rb anytime he put up rb1 numbers it was in it was in limited role limited capacity um i i don't know what that backfield's going to look like with with him coming back i just i don't feel great about it uh, the rams are extremely tough against running backs they don't they don't give up mm-hmm. much in the passing game to running backs and they are second in DVOA against against the run on the ground. So it's a it's a bad spot for both of those running backs. I would have Connor in the low end RB two flex spot, and I would kind of if if you if you have to play Edmonds, go ahead and do it. But I would temper expectations big time. I think that's really smart because yeah, I mean how Chase Edmonds makes his hay is is through the receiving game, and the fact that the Rams can defend that it's it it is worrisome. Um, what about on the LA side? I mean. Everybody looks good. Odell Beckham, he caught the touchdown last week. All is good in in Los or in Los Angeles again. Like, yes, and I have an official flex play coming out of Los Angeles. I am. Let's I'm go. Oh, hold on Van Jefferson. Hold on Van Jefferson is no, one of my. No, hold that. Hold, hold that. Hold that. Hold that. Hold that back because we got a flex Sorry. play. Mike, did you say you had a flex play? I think I did. And now okay. that the drop has happened, it can be official. We can get it. We can get it on the book. We can get it in the books. Yeah, I'm officially endorsing Van Jefferson as my first flex play. Over the last four games, he is averaging eight targets per game. He is wide receiver 26. He has a nine red zone targets and is garnering a 28.8% target share. So I, I, I feel good. I, yeah, I feel good about all those numbers. Um, I don't know if you saw there was a. I don't know if he was mic'd up or if uh, or if McVeigh was mic'd up, but there was a, a video that was circulating of. Uh, them McVeigh telling him how proud he was and Van Jefferson saying, thanks for believing in me. Thanks for having my back. So it seemed like there is uh, a lot of goodwill between the coaching staff, the quarterback and Van Jefferson in particular, obviously, you know, cup's going to get fed. Um, OBJ is getting his looks, uh, but Van Jefferson is definitely a talent on the rise. The thing about Van Jefferson is that he was injured throughout the, uh, the scouting process, but he did play at the senior bowl. And they have Zebra Technologies. And I was actually just listening to Jim, to Jim Nagy on the radio, um, who is the, I think, senior director of the Senior Bowl. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, he he was clocking around 22, 
21, 22 miles per hour in his pads with Zebra Technologies during the games. So even though this guy didn't test, we know that he's quick. And I mean, look, you just have to watch him to, to believe it, right? I mean, he's out there. He's stretching the field. Um, look, I, I still believe that Robert Woods is a more complete wide receiver than Odell Beckham. But man, Odell is is what they needed. The timing was perfect for when Robert Woods, I mean, can call it perfect, got hurt. That, that offense looks good again. Um, Daryl Henderson, though, this is a little bit... This is a little bit interesting, right? We don't know what's going to happen with him, if he's going to play yeah. or not. He's questionable officially. Last week, Sony Michelle was amazing. Um, some local beat reporters are saying that they think that they're going to use a heavy formation this week, which would kind of make sense, right? You want to keep a player like Kyler Murray off the field. Does that worry you? Would do you have any sort of confidence starting Daryl Henderson, especially with the late game, or how how are you handling that one, Mike? The, having it Monday night makes it really, really dicey. So hopefully you've been following along. You have Daryl Henderson, and you have him handcuffed with Sonny Michelle. So, you know, you can. I, we got we got some great insight from. I guess it was from Jay Glazer who said that Henderson was going to be active, but he was going to be in a kind of a backup emergency role. That Michelle was going to get the bulk of the work, which he did. That came through. So, hopefully, you have both of those guys, and you can get some. You can get some insight if you have Henderson. I think you got to watch the injury report today. Watch. Uh, they are Monday night, so they'll practice today. They'll they'll have a final practice report today. Keep an eye on that. See. See, I doubt he's going to go from limited up to full. Um, what you hope is that he doesn't suffer a setback and then go drop down to a DNP. Then it gets really, really dicey. Um, I think well, you can. Well, Schefter, Adam Schefter always has that dump, right? On uh, It's basically pretty much comes out Sunday morning. Yeah. Normally he'll have updates for the Monday games. Hopefully we get some clarity there. Yeah. Um, I think if you have to, I think that both of them are flex flex worthy. So if, if they're both playing, I think that, what you'll see is you'll probably see them if they are going to go heavy bulk of the time, which makes sense. You want to keep the, you want to keep uh, Kyler on the other sideline. You'll see them both in there. You'll see them both get touches. You'll both get work. And in a PPR setup, they could easily both get 12 to 14 points for you. I've been trying to ship off Sony Michelle, one of my dynasty leagues for literally two seasons. And and like, I can't get a fifth round pick for this guy. I, <laughs> uh, so in this one in particular, it, we don't have a, a, a trade deadline. So it's, it's all, Everything's available. I'm not in the playoffs, so I'm firmly like, all right, let's see if I can un, un uh, get rid of Sony Michelle. Still, yeah. absolutely zero zero biters. It's just it's it's painful. Jennifer, good morning. It is crazy, man. People are so damn cheap. It, it upsets me. I would take a fourth, man. Dynasty dirt balls. I would take a fourth. Hear it here, Mike <laughs> Yeager. Mike Yeager, who's in that league, I will take a fourth. I've been actually trying, <laughs> trying to sell Mike, and Mike's been shaming me. So, Mike, what's going on, brother? Um, okay, let's move on to the next game. Unless you want to, you got anything else to say about this game? I think I, it's going to be an exciting game. So I, I would like that one's going to be a good one, I think. Yes. Uh, nope, that's it. That was all I had. All right. Oh, so uh, lower your expectations for Ertz. Uh, there's probably better streamers on your waiver yeah. wire. LA is tough against the uh, tough against the tight end. Uh, that's a good call. He's been pretty disappointing. He's pretty much touched, touched down or bust at this point. And there's just so many other options that it's it, you spin the roulette wheel, man. It's, it's not really safe. Give me a sick for Sony Michelle. You, of course. By the way, am I am I lagging or are you lagging? Uh, I think I'm lagging. Okay, no, it's all good. We'll keep we'll keep plugging away here. So, I also after we talk about this super fun, exciting game, I want to talk about a game that, frankly, is just it's disappointing. It's an embarrassment. It's two college level teams at best that are competing against each other. I'm talking, of course, about the Seattle Seahawks at Houston Texans. Ooh. It's a 41 point over under, and Seattle's an eight point favorite. That is oh, absolutely brutal. So we were talking about this game uh, before the uh, the show started. So I'm going to let you talk about the uh, 
the over the expected plays per game. Yeah, so this is this is truly truly brutal. Um, you're looking at under 110 plays. Uh, last four games, Houston is averaging just below 56 plays per game, and Seattle is averaging 54. That is that that's absolutely insane. That is that uh, honestly, I think Pete Carroll wishes he could run every single game the way that Bill Belichick ran his game on Monday night. He would love to throw oh. three times a game and just run, 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 <laughs> run, run. <laughs> that was Pete Carroll's wet dream, man. That, it, is, that it, was hilarious. It really, for, really, really was. Yeah. So um, for for some context, Seattle is literally dead last in the league, number thirty-two out of thirty-two teams, ladies and gentlemen, in terms of plays per game. Second to dead last at thirty-one is the Houston Texans. So by comparison, the number one team is Baltimore. They run seventy-one plays a game. That's almost twenty more plays a game. That is important. That is significant. And uh, look from the Seattle standpoint. I understand the idea that you want to run the ball, but when you're dealing with Alex Collins, because look, the old man, Adrian Peterson is doing nothing. Travis Homer's out. Um, they have a decent, decent running back with DJ Dallas. They don't really ever seem to want to use him though. Peterson's um, out this week too. Yeah. With the, with the, with the back, I guess he was carrying them too, too much on his back last week that uh, <laughs> he had the lower back injury this week is man. Listen. Okay. Here's the thing though, right? Seattle is still number four against running backs, which means potentially Alex Collins could get his way into an end zone. Um, they're middling team for the, the wide receivers, though. DK Metcalf, they came out and they said it. He needs to get more targets. Like, you're starting him, but are you, do you have like any shred of confidence whatsoever starting any of these Seattle Seahawks players or, or frankly, the Houston Texans players? Uh, the Houston players, absolutely not. Um, they, the Cully came out and said that Tyrod is going to the bench for the rest of the season. So they want to get an extended yeah. look at Davis Mills, which I don't, I don't necessarily know why you need to get an extended look at Davis Mills. I think you kind of realized what you had in him. That stint. Well, when... he's, he, he's still a rookie though, man. Like we, we can't look just, just like we we're looking at Trevor Lawrence and he's having a horrible season. I mean, look, that's, we're going to talk about the Jags in a second here, but at least give the guy a look. Like he's still a rookie, right? He's going to make rookie mistakes. I don't think he's the answer. I agree with you there. But yeah. maybe, maybe maybe he's got something, right? Maybe he's a bridge to somebody. I, I don't know. It's it's going to yeah. be interesting, but yeah, uh, there's not Metcalf much. And, Metcalf and Lockett both have good both have good matchups. They both have uh, extreme plus matchups. So if you got to start him, you kind of you feel good about starting him uh, again. But I would temper. Yeah, I think I think with the quality of the matchups you do, you know, I think that yeah. you know Wilson Wilson has come back to life a little bit here recently. Um, his it seems like he came back. He probably came back from that injury probably two or three weeks early, so he's just now yeah. probably feeling good about it. So I think that sooner or later you're gonna see a you're gonna see a breakout game again from him where he's he's back to vintage Russ, and it could be it could be this week. You know, with a with a depleted secondary in Houston, a, frankly, a poor secondary in Houston. You know, both of his his number one and number two receivers in good spots. Um, on the on the one thing on the Houston side, if you're jammed up, jammed up, jammed up, like if you were counting on Jamal Williams going or something like that, theoretically one of the Houston running backs could have a good week receiving because <laughs> Seattle gives up a ton of production at, yeah. in the passing game to running backs. Good luck figuring out who it's going to be though. Let's talk about that game. Let's, let's, let's move on to the Detroit Denver game. It's another low over under. It is a 42.5. Denver is favored. Um, so Detroit, Jamal Williams on COVID list. We know that DeAndre Swift is going to miss the week because of the shoulder. We have Jermar Jefferson, and we have Godwin Igwebuque. 
Iguabuque. I practiced yeah. that and I still messed it up. Traditional um, spelling, right? It's it's true exactly. You know, it's traditional. It's just like it's it's spelt. It sounds like yeah. it's spelt. <laughs> um, so here's the thing: these are two very different players. And uh, what we saw was that when they were backing up, uh, when Jamal Williams was out and they were backing up DeAndre Swift, they had similar usage. But Jermar Jefferson is basically the plotter, right? He's five foot ten. Um, he's 206 pounds. He's actually best comparable to Jamal Williams, if you believe it. But his work, workout metrics were meh at best, like in the 30th percentile, pretty much across the board. Whereas uh, Godwin Igwebuke, he went undrafted. He's 20. He's 27 years old. This is his fourth year in the league. He's played special teams though, right? And he's actually a great special teamer. Um, he had a 444, 4.4440. He's got a 93rd percentile in his speed score, 97th percentile agility score. And um, he has he has the wiggle, right? So those, those stats are compliments of playerprofiler.com. But do uh, of these two guys, right? You would assume Jermar is going to likely be probably the goal line player as well as just like, you know, the, the early down back. Whereas um, Godwin, I'm just going to go with Godwin, is the pass catcher, right? Like it's very traditional. It's very cookie cutter. If you had one guy to start and it's your PPR league, full PPR, half point PPR, who are you going to start as these two? Uh, who do you trust more or neither? Are you like saying just avoid it like the plague? <clears throat> if, if I can, I'm going to avoid it like the plague, but if you have to start somebody, I would probably tend to lean Iguabuke just because he saw, yeah. he saw work last week, even when Jamal Williams was healthy. So it seems like they're not inclined to give the, the Andre Swift role over to one individual back. You know, and we, you see this, you see this sometimes um, where, you know, the, yeah. the, the main the main guy goes down and they divide up they divide up the work. So <clears throat> I guess if somebody's gonna fall fall into the end zone, it's probably gonna be Jefferson. But I think the more consistent role is gonna go to Big UK. I think that they're gonna be the I think that uh game shift is probably gonna dictate that they'll be passing more than they'll be running. Which yeah, which has so. been par for the course with Detroit this year. Yeah, what about on the Denver side, man? Uh, very disappointing. I mean uh Javante Williams my god man he did exactly what we thought he was able to do last week he, he just put up an absolute monster but Melvin Gordon is back we've talked to, at length about how disappointing this passing game is what, what's your what's your take on this are you are you starting to two running backs even though Melvin Gordon is likely going to play yeah I think I am um I'm going to start I'll start Javante with low end one expectations and then start Gordon with flex expectations I don't think you can go back to an even 50 50 after what you saw out of the guy no. um and also here's Gordon's the thing Mike limit- like here's Bye. the thing though dude like when you look at pound for pound even when they've each had call it roughly 50 percent of the 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 the, uh, the touch share Javante Williams has clearly been the superior back pretty much since for like week one or two. Like it's been very clear and obvious. Melvin Gordon is still decent and he's respectable. And maybe just this coaching staff doesn't want to just destroy their young uh, rookie running back just because they know that he's kind of the future of that, of that backfield. But I, I have such little faith in the Denver coaching staff that they're going to actually reward Javante for his performance last week. I mean, I hope I'm wrong. Obviously I have, where I have him, and I have him in a lot of spots. I'm starting them, yeah. but um I don't know, man. I feel like we need to temper our expectations as well for Javante. 
I think the one thing you hope for is that the entire Denver coaching staff realizes that they're coaching for jobs elsewhere next year and they need to be able yeah. to display some semblance of decision making. So, you know, when you're sitting, I'm serious though, when you're sitting, no, you're, you're right. Sitting in, when you're sitting in front of a GM, you know, and you're Pat Sherman or you're Vifangio and, you know, the GM that you're interviewing with says, Hey, after Javante Williams put up the best week of any running back, uh, why did you take him back to a 50 50 split? You know, what was your thinking with that? And unless you have, insight that and they could very well have insight that we don't have as to as to what they're as to why they're making that decision but like that's a just to prove that you're right and that gordon's your guy and you're going to ride him out to the end of his contract that's not a that that wouldn't instill that wouldn't instill faith and confidence in me one thing that i will say on the denver side sorry uh, i do have jerry yeah. judy's a flex play this week um will harris is a will harris is the worst quarterback in the nfl when it comes to fantasy points for route run he gives up 0.6 fantasy points for route run and coverage and jerry judy has put up 11 or more ppr points in three of his last four other than that uh other than that the two running backs i'm staying away i don't i'm not crazy about fant this week sutton's droppable teddy is droppable Ugh, the whole thing is disgusting yeah and, and tj hawkinson is out or doubtful yeah. so i he's not gonna play um so th- this game could just be an absolute crapshoot uh, avoid it if you can. Let's move on to something of greener pastures. Um, let's talk about the AFC North matchup, the Baltimore Ravens at the Cleveland Browns. Another lower over under 43 points. Cleveland is actually favored in this game by three points. This one is interesting. Um, Lamar put up an absolute dud two weeks ago when he played against them. Um, he put up 14.4 fantasy points, which was considering this guy ran 17 times. He only threw for 68 or he ran 17 times for 68 yards. He threw 32 times. His line was 165, one touchdown, and four interceptions. It was putrid. It was horrible. Um, obviously, he's throwing because they're, they're falling behind. But when you put up four interceptions, like your team is just not going to win, right? Do, like Lamar, like, do we have any confidence, any faith? Like, you're still starting this guy as probably a top seven or eight uh, quarterback. You're not sitting him unless you've got. I don't know, Tom Raider or something like that. Yeah, and I don't think that – I think if you have have Lamar, you had to invest a little bit earlier in him because you were hoping that he would have the bounce back and be be in the running for the QB1 this year. So you probably don't have somebody else behind him unless you picked up a David Carr or something like that off your waiver virus. I think you got to start him. Um, the interesting thing about this game is that the over under is really low. I mean, you're you said 42 and a half, yeah. but they're projected to run almost 135 plays. Baltimore, their last four games has run 74 plays. Cleveland's running just about 60. Um, so it, 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 it's odd. That's kind of the, the, the divergence of the over under and the, and the projected play total is, is interesting. You got it. Some, something's going to give, and I just, I, I think it's going to be the over under. I think this game is going to go way over, um, I think that well, the, uh, go ahead. so the thing is, we said at the start of the show, right? Like Baltimore is literally number one in the league in terms of um, plays run. Yep. Cleveland is number twenty-five with almost well, so they're at sixty-one versus Baltimore at seventy-one. So they're about ten plays lower per game, which obviously makes sense, right? How does Cleveland win? They win on the ground with with Nick Chubb, um, with Kareem Hunt. I think it's going to be a good Kareem Hunt game um, because frankly, yeah, they don't have any wide receivers. Um, what are <laughs> okay? So here, here's the question for you, Mike. Yeah. Um, Cleveland, it is actually a decent matchup against the tight end. It's actually the number four um, tight end matchup on the week. Harrison oh, yeah. Bryant, David Njoku were both going to be out for this oh, game. Yeah. Um, 
Austin Hooper in one of my dynasty leagues. I've actually secured his playoff spot, but it's really just about positioning at this point. I've got mm-hmm. TJ Hawkinson on my bench, and I'm, start, I'm making the decision bet- between CJ Uzoma and Austin Hooper, and I'm probably going to start Austin Hooper this week. Uh, you should. What it's do you a, think about that? A, it's an awful matchup for Uzoma this week. I have yeah. so I picked up I picked up Foster Moreau in a league uh, where I have okay, yeah. So the three tight ends I have to choose from this week are Moreau, Ertz, and Hooper, and I'm starting Hooper. I'm starting Hooper 100. It's yeah. a good matchup, and he's going to get all the work. Yeah, that's that's. I mean, that's the play. I mean, honestly, like just to touch on. It's just such a shame about Darren Waller, man. Like, it's been such a disappointing season for these elite tight ends. I mean, Travis Kelsey has is, is, is gotten his and he's had his games, but he's been pretty up and down just, just in line with that Chiefs offense. But George Kittle missed a big, good part of the season, although he's balling the hell out now. Darren Waller, he had, what, one good game, maybe two respectable games all season, and then he's been hurt. It's just been, it's been frankly, disappointing. Just an absolute crapshoot. Unless you've yeah. been able to go at, like, a Dalton Schultz or something like that, or even a Dawson Knox. It's just been been painful man but going back to this game i think that uh yeah i mean i'm comfortable hard starting austin hooper what about jarvis landry or donovan people's jones are you comfortable starting either of those players uh landry probably landry i'm more comfortable than dpj and again this depends on what you need in your matchup so if you need floor Go ahead and plug Landry in there. He's probably going to get you 11. Oh, good He's Lord. Get you- so boring, man. It's just it's like Jarvis Landry is going to get you maybe 10 or 11 points max, right? Uh, but DPJ I mean, can get you, what, 20 or 3? Yeah, see, so DPJ will get you this. DPJ has your ceiling. So if you're if yeah. you're a projected dog and you're fighting for your playoff life, um, throw DPJ in there. Uh, he's Baltimore secondary is extremely banged up. Um, so yeah. if there was ever going to be a week where DPJ could pop, it's going to be this week. Um, but like I said, Landry for floor, DPJ for ceiling. I do just want to mention that it's absolutely yes. baffling that a coaching staff that it's experienced and seems to be as good as the Baltimore staff is could look at Rashad Bateman, what he was doing, how he was gelling with Lamar. And then when Sammy Watkins comes back to side, the better move for our team to try to win is to give Watkins snaps over Rashad Bateman. That, that that's baffling to me. It's almost as baffling as the Melvin Gordon, Javante Williams thing, which leads, which yeah. leads me to believe that maybe there's something that these NFL coaches know that we as, as outsiders don't know. Well, okay, so last week, uh, Samuel Watkins had a 46% snap share. Rashad Bateman had a 45% snap share. It's just, it's irresponsible. It doesn't make sense. Like, I get, Samuel Watkins is a good, a stable, I guess, wide receiver to have on the field just because he is a veteran. But we've seen it with Rashad Bateman that you can you can trust this guy. I mean, like, he was getting the targets, where Samuel Watkins got eight targets last week. Rashad Bateman got one. That is not right. That is not yeah, good. And- and especially in an offense where you know you're you've lost you lost your top two options at running back, so you're you're you know you're yeah. stringing it together at running back with you know with with veterans and what Freeman Devonta Freeman man give credit where credit is due. My goodness, he looks like he looks good or at least decent, right? I mean, considering he last look year, cooked. he, he yeah, looked he cooked looked, last year and he doesn't look cooked dust. this year. Yeah, so I, I I would just think that you would want to get as many young explosive playmakers on the field as you could, yeah. and I just I don't see where Watkins is more explosive than Bateman. Well, here's the thing too, right? Like if Bateman was like a third round pick, like you're not going to try to force this guy into the lineup. But again, Rashad Bateman was a first round pick this year. They obviously believed in him. Well, we've seen the talent, right? When he's been on the field and he's getting the targets, he looks good. So I guess the question is, you know, well, they say targets are earned, right? Yep. So possibly he's just not getting open. Um, we can maybe try to dig deeper into that for, for next week, but yeah, I'm not starting with Sean Bateman this week. You just can't trust it as long as Sammy Watkins is on the field. 
Should we move on? Let's talk yeah. about uh, yep. an NFC South matchup. We got the Atlanta Falcons going up against Carolina. It is another lower over under 42 points. Carolina is favored by two and a half points. Um, okay, let's start. Let's start talking about the Atlanta Falcons. Okay, so Russell Gage, he came off last week with a massive game against Tampa Bay, but spoiler alert: Tampa Bay is really horrible against the slot. So this week going up against uh, Carolina, I don't like it at all. Um, Stephon Gilmore is likely going to cover uh, Kyle Pitts for the majority of his plays. Ugh, this one could be messy for Atlanta, man. Carolina is a kind of a sexy uh, DFS play this week as a DST, just because Atlanta can be really bad. Um, what do you think about Kyle Pitts, and what do you think about uh, the, the wide receivers for Atlanta? So the scariest thing about Kyle Pitts is that he's had zero red look, zero red zone looks his last four games. So it, yeah. in the in the scope of rookie tight ends, he's having a phenomenal season. I think course, that yeah. I think the fantasy industry overhyped him and wanted him to be more than what he, what he was able to be his rookie season. It's extremely difficult to come into the NFL as a rookie and have a splash as a tight end. I think Evan Ingram shockingly was the last one that we saw really really do it. So he's had his Ugh. games, but I think you're, you know your temper and expectations with where you drafted him you might not have better options but i think you would have to take a serious look at austin hooper versus kyle pitts this week like that would be I, I think that would be ser- I, that's not good but that would be a conversation that you would have to have with yourself um and- here's the thing though mike like i think that if calvin Ridley was playing and on the field it would be a much different conversation right like now i honestly I, i've kind of been a skeptic of calvin Ridley throughout his whole career i was dead wrong uh, but after last year, I'm like, holy shit, like this guy is legitimate. Like I was wrong that he couldn't be a one in alpha in an offense. But um, I think that having Calvin Ridley on the field as the definitive number one wide receiver on that team would have made a huge difference for Kyle Pitts because then Kyle Pitts isn't facing the number one corners every single week, right? Or or, or like those, you know, it, it, it's a completely different dis- discussion, right? Um, I yeah. think that it's obviously been a blessing that Cordell Patterson has been able to do what he has done. Um, it's just opened up so much to that offense, but I, I want to see Kyle Pitts on the field with another legitimate passing option that can take away coverages, and th- then we can have a conversation. But trust me, I was—I wouldn't say I was out on Kyle Pitts, but I think I have out of my forty odd best ball teams, maybe one or two shares of Kyle Pitts. Maybe that might even be exaggerating. So I was not in on Kyle Pitts where he was being drafted. Um, so yeah, kind of is what it is. What about on the Carolina side? So PJ Walker. Carolina- he uh, might be getting a few touches, but it's going to be a cam show, right? Yes. Um, and Cam is, cam is definitely a viable streamer. He is also, I don't know what his projected ownership percentage is, but he's a decent DFS play. Um, Atlanta gives up the fourth most rushing yards to quarterbacks. So um, you feel good about that, uh, you know, especially with McCaffrey sideline for the rest of the season. Atlanta also gives up a decent amount of production through the air to running backs. So, you know, we're looking at averaging six and a half catches and 49 plus yards per game receiving to running backs. So to me, this, this uh, plays out more as an Amir Abdullah game rather than a Chuba Hubbard game. Um, Man, he's probably on your way. That's going to be ballsy play. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, honestly, you know, that's one of those plays where you plug him into your lineup and you just, you don't look throughout the game because you just pray for garbage time at the end of the game, especially if it's close throughout because Chuba is going to get work. Um, it's, it's going to be messy, man. It's, ugh. I, I, I agree with you though, Mike, like, I think that, Amir Abdullah is a viable, legitimate start this week because they do have very I mean, defined we, roles. We, we 12 after McCaffrey went out, Chuba, Chuba got one target and Abdullah had six. So, I mean, it's it, it's laid out right there. 
they, yeah. they, they added, they added it for a reason. And I think that you're going to, you know, it, it's going to be, it's going to be more of a split than any Chuba Hubbard owner would like. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think what's really interesting too, is that, so obviously like Joe Brady was fired last week on their bye week. So yeah. this is going to be the first week back without their offensive coordinator. So, I mean, as much as we kind of have an idea what they've done in the past, we don't know definitively that that's what, that's what's going to continue. Right. Um, yeah. It just seems like such a weird thing to do at this point in the season. Like, are you going to scapegoat your your offensive coordinator? Like, it's just Carolina's a mess right now, dude. I th- I almost wonder if they if they let him go so that he could get a jump start on some of these college jobs. Well, I was looking into that. He was he was saying he's not necessarily planning to go back to LSU. So I I, I don't know. Maybe he's he wants to be head coach. It's. It's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting. I mean, I think he's still talented. I, I don't think they should have let him go. Um, I think that he needed more time in the in, in the league with some legitimate pass catchers, right? Like, but then again, maybe they're looking at how they how he used Robbie Anderson. And frankly, Robbie Anderson's been an absolute dud this year. Like, I thought legitimately, I think we all did. He'd be like a viable wide receiver three with potentially like wide receiver two upside on the season. He's been like droppable. He's been like Allen Robinson good. Just. Yeah, absolutely. You don't you don't want him on your team because he's just a roster clocker. Yeah, but, watch him go off this week. I mean, he was with Anderson was with Rule at Temple, so they have uh, he's yeah. their boys. Um, DJ Moore. Whenever DJ Moore's on, AJ Terrell's on Moore, he's going to have a tough matchup. So you know, there could be half half the time where Anderson is the best option in that in the in the passing offense. So it's going to be interesting. It is going to be interesting. You know what's also going to be interesting, Mike? This Buffalo-Tampa Bay game, it is the highest over under in the slate. It's 53.5 points. Tampa Bay is favored by 3.5 points. It's in Tampa, which we know how Tampa plays. Tom Brady loves playing at home in Tampa Bay. Um, let's start on the Tampa side. Um, it's pretty much death taxes in Tom Brady right now, right? Like, he has beaten Father Time. Um, the only issue here is that Chris Godwin does have a tough matchup against Teron Johnson in the slot. So that is a slight worry to me. Uh, could be Mike Evans' game. Is Brashad Perriman back? That's my real uh, question to you, Mike. Because you're starting I, Mike Evans. You're starting Chris Godwin. Are you starting Brashad Perriman? I have on my notes that you want to stash Perriman for a run. AB may not see the field again when he gets back. Um, yeah. He's he's allowed to come back week 16, but they might just keep him on the sideline. So if well, if, if if when AB comes back week 16, you're probably not going to start him in, in your semifinal. So you're going to need to see him. You're going to need to see a week out of it before you trust him for your final. The thing is, is that um, they said last year that it, it, it's going to take one F, like mess up from him, and then he's gone. He gets he gets no strikes. It's just his first strike. He's out. Yeah. Well, put your money where your mouth is. Let's let's see what's happening here. I mean, if Tom wants him on the team, Tom's going to keep him on the team. I think. I mean, this this team they want to win a Super Bowl. They're poised to win another Super Bowl, and we've seen it when Antonio Brown's on the field. He is Tom Brady's favorite target. Like that's just how it is, right? And uh, once you're in the the circle of trust with Tom Brady, you want that player on the field. So I think that they're going to say, you know what? Forget our morals. We don't care. Antonio Brown, he he paid his three game suspension. Let's let's just go. Let's win another championship. Let's deal with it at the end of the season. I I, I don't know. I mean, Perryman ran 40 routes last week. He was in on 87 percent of snaps. So it, it, it's going to be a tough call. I. I I, I think if you're Bruce Arians and Tom Brady comes to you and says, I want AB back, put Perriman on the bench, you kind of have to call less because Tom's, Tom's the one driving the car. Yeah. Um, on this the other is, side, though. This is interesting on the Tampa Bay side. So uh, okay, t- Brady's YPA, uh, last f- three of the last four games, has been below seven 
He was at, he, I think he's been hovering right around 6.9. In three of those four games, Fournette has had eight or more targets. So Fournette's emergence in the passing game is something that I don't think any of us really saw coming. Um, I think that the thinking was when they brought Gio in there, Fournette would be the early down guy if he won the job over Rojo, and then Gio would be the would be the passing guy. And it's not been that way. Fournette's been on the field for all three downs. It's been it's been it's I think it's been good to see. I was I thought he got a bad shake coming out of Jacksonville. I thought that he was more talented than than the way they you know dismissed him. And it, it's good to see him get his swagger back. So in 2019, you recall Leonard Fournette had 100 targets for 76 receptions. So we saw it on the field that he could do it and perform in that role. I love it, man. Like as, as, as somebody who's kind of a, a Leonard Fournette truther, and I was, you know, pushing through after, after he got cut in Jacksonville, it's like, Oh man, this is it. This is the end of his career. I had him on way too many teams and uh, he's actually kind of paying off, right? He's coming home to roost. Um, I trust Leonard Fournette. I do. I trust him like a brother. Like <laughs> you want, you want him on the field right now. Yeah, Uncle Tampa Lenny. Too. Yeah, absolutely. Uncle Lenny's going to produce for you guys in the fantasy playoffs. So, just please, I don't want to, I don't want to put put this out into the universe. But just, just stay healthy, Lenny. Just, just stay healthy, please. Just for a couple more weeks. Um, on the Buffalo side, though. Uh, okay, so here's my question to you. Right, this is going to be a real test to the guts of the Buffalo Bills after coming off that that Monday night game, which. To be honest with you, like I was going back and forth on Twitter with a bunch of people saying, like, this is an extremely boring game. I love that game. And, and maybe just because I'm a Patriots fan, I was, you know, just all over it. But I just love the fact that they were Bill Belichick was kind of be able to say, F you to the NFL. I'm going to run the ball a million times. I'm going to make Mac Jones three, throw it three times because this is how we're going to win the game. And even when every single play, not just this week against Indianapolis as well, the Buffalo defense knew that it was going to be a run and they still couldn't stop it. It's just, it's, it's trench warfare. Um, it's old school football and look, it's maybe not sexy, but I, I just liked it. It was different. You know, it was just a different style of game. It was gritty. So is Josh Allen and the Buffalo bills, are they able to go on the road into a harsh, harsh um, environment in Tampa and are they, do you think they're going to be able to compete with Tampa or are they just going to like bend over and, ends up being a, a Tampa landslide. What do, what do you think, Mike? I think they're going to be able to compete. Um, I think the strength of what Buffalo does plays right into the weakness of what Tampa Bay does defensively. So um, from, which from is Josh, throwing the ball. Yeah. Which is ball. just straight up chucking it. Um, yep. They have, you know, even last week you saw that they should have run. They should have been able to run. They, that, that should have been their game plan, but it wasn't. I mean, the touchdown that they scored was through the air. They had, they actually had a chance to win the game. Um, but, it was Dawson. Dawson couldn't hook, Allen and Dawson couldn't hook up. So oh, yeah. it uh, it ultimately didn't didn't come to fruition. But I mean, it's even even in a game like that where the wind's blowing like that, they're still trying to throw it. So that gives you kind of a an insight into where they're at from an offensive philosophy. Um, I think they're going to chuck it, chuck it, chuck it. And I think when they're not chucking it, I think that you're going to see uh, Josh Allen scramble more than more than anybody. He'll probably be the biggest contributor in the rushing game this week, honestly. My top flex play for the week this week. We saw what Russell Gage did this week. Mr. One Cole Beasley is going to sting those Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And you know what my, what my favorite part is? Uh, Richard Sherman was activated off the IR. He's, he is expected to play this week, and he's an absolute sieve. So it's going to be fun, man. I think Stephon Diggs is going to have a big game. This over-under, like I said, is 53.5. I, I think this is going to 
I, I'm taking you over in this game. I really am. I agree with you, Mike. I think I I think that Mike or excuse me, Josh Allen, he has the true character, the true leadership to take this team and go into Tampa. And I think they can actually get a W here. I really think they can go and upset the Bucks. Um, I, I'm excited. I'm a Buffalo believer, even though they're in my division. I believe <laughs> in this team, and I think they're going to be good. So I'm liking it. Um, what about on the running back side? Are you starting any of these running backs? Like no, we no. It's just no. It's kind, of, kind of you're just out. You're just done. Yeah, that Breida was the only one I was holding out hope for, but they Moss was active well, and he didn't. Get here's anything. the thing, right? Well, okay, so 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 Breida was these. He was getting the plays early on. The problem is he had that fumble, and immediately after he was the uh, I think it was out of the, it was the kick return or the punt return. I think it was a punt return, and he 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 didn't fumble the ball in the punt return, but he bobbled it, and after that he didn't. He didn't see the field. So clearly the coaching staff said, we don't trust this guy in these conditions. And they got him the hell off the field. And then we saw pretty much Zach Moss after that. Zach Moss is, is met at best. Devin Singletary, same thing. I think Matt Brady is still their best choice, their best chance. And um, much like they can beat, um, beat Tampa in the slot, I think that they're going to be able to put up points catching the ball. Now, am I saying confidently start Matt Breda? No, I'm not saying that. I think that if you need a flex option or if you're absolutely desperate, like I am in one league, I have a legitimate decision to make between am I starting one of the Detroit back um, uh, running backs, one of the, the mini Tennessee running backs, or am I starting one of these freaking Buffalo running backs? Like that's just the world I'm in right now. And I would say of the three Buffalo running backs, I'm probably going to still start Matt Breda. I'm going back to the well and I'm not doing it confidently. I'm holding my nose, but he just needs four or five receptions for 50 yards and a chance to get into the touchdown, and he'll pay off that flex spot. That's it. Yeah. Tampa Bay is 20th in DVOA against uh, passing. They're 20th in pass pass defense. Yeah, to running backs. So it's a. So there you go. Yeah. It's 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 not fun. I don't love it, but man, I think I think uh, it's going to be a big digs game, man. It's going to be a lot of fun for the for digs. Um, Shall we move on? Yeah. All right. So another Diggs brother, Dallas is going up against Washington. This is going to be another fun one. It's 47.5 points. Dallas is favored by four and a half points. Um, this is the first really true week where Dak Prescott is going to have Michael Gallup, Amari Cooper, presumably back. And of course, one CD lamb on the field. Dalton Schultz looks good. Tony Pollard. He, uh, he, he ruptured his, or what? What is he? He like he hurt his plantar fasciitis on that big he said run he tore last week. Plantar fascia, so tore it. Okay, that's... so he tore it. So it's probably getting more of a Zeke game, but honestly, I think it's going to be a fucking Dak game, man. Dak's yeah. going to go off against this putrid Washington uh, pass uh, defense, which is literally ranked dead last in the league right now. Yeah, and it's a it's a tough running back matchup on the ground. It's a tough tight end yeah. matchup. So you're going to. I don't think you're going to see Schultz. You. If you have him, you're probably going to start him, but I would temper your expectations there. Washington does not allow a ton of passing yards to running backs, but they do allow the most passing touchdowns to running backs. So whichever whichever guy you see emerge, hopefully you get some clarity and you know Pollard is, Pollard is inactive and you know that the work is going to funnel to Zeke. So if you see that, uh, don't worry that you're not seeing Zeke get the run. Ultimately, at the end of the day, all you need is the stats. All you need is him to get in the end zone, whether it's through the ground or through the air, doesn't really matter. And in this case, if he gets in, it'll probably be through the air. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. I mean, are you are you starting Michael Gallup after his huge game last week? Uh, 
I think if if I'm starting him, I'm starting him as a wide receiver three flex. I think that yeah. Amari and CD both have both have wide receiver one upside. And quite honestly, with the with the way that this game could go, Dallas is top six in neutral script pace and no huddle rate. So Dallas Dallas moves. Dallas is go 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 go. And the weakness of the Washington defense plays into what Dallas wants to do. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I think that you're going to see them keep going. It, I could see. I could absolutely see Gallup. You know, going five for 15 a touchdown which you know 16 points absolutely i'll take that any day of the week but i'm not but i'm not going to go in expecting that yeah and and here's the thing like trayvon diggs has been quietly very very good this season he's just an absolute ball hog um i'm still starting Terry mcclellan right like you're starting with confidence he's just he's got that massive upside um, oh antonio God, gibson yeah. man antonio gibson though like jd mckissick he he i think he's cleared the the, the protocol so he might play or has he? Let me actually let me check my notes here. Um, he still is in the, the, the concussion protocol, so he has not been cleared yet. That's not, that doesn't mean he can't play, but I think even if JD McKissick plays, you're starting in Tony Gibson, you're starting with confidence. I'm smashing him in DFS because I think it's gonna be another great game, not just because, um, like. Dallas is pretty stout against the run, but I think they're just starting. Well, they are starting to use Antonio Gibson in the passing game as well, even when JD McKissick was active. So it's it's officially AG season. I, this is another fun one, man. If I'm look, if I'm playing DFS, I'm gonna have stacks in this game. I'm gonna have stacks in the Tampa Bay game. Like those are my two absolutely fun games. And then if you're gonna play the Monday Night Slate, of course you're gonna you're gonna get some action with uh, Arizona and the Rams. But those are the, these are the three big games of the week that I that I absolutely love. Um, yeah. Anything more to say, or should we move on? Because we are running a little bit long. Let's uh, let's answer a question for Bali first, though. Here, Mike. All right. All right, so Bali says, I have Guyton and Galladay starting. Ugh, that's that's painful. Would you start any of these guys over them? Traquan Smith, I'm tempted to see him. St. Brown, probably not. Uh, Donovan Peoples-Jones, probably not. Josh Palmer, probably not. Pringle, no. Josh Reynolds, maybe. Perriman, Slayton. Man, okay, well, let's look. Let's talk about the, um, the, the Chargers receivers here. Are you starting Jalen Guyton or uh, Josh Palmer? I think it depends. We know that Allen's sitting, so Palmer yeah. slots into the Allen role. Um, if Williams, if Williams goes, you can't play Guyton. Uh, you can, but Williams is Williams yeah. is going to be featured. Um, so absolutely, yeah. I think that I would. I think I would. I would definitely get try and get Palmer in there. Uh, the one thing that you have to look for is whether or not they activate KJ Hill off the practice squad. KJ Hill oh, is. KJ Hill is a straight up slot receiver. So if they activate yes. him, he could eat into that Palmer role. If they don't activate him, I would expect Palmer to play the slot role. Um, Guyton is the outside the shot, the shot play guy. So if Williams sits, um, Guyton has your ceiling. Um, Palmer would have your floor. Any consideration of, of Brashad Perriman? I kind of like Traquan Smith. We haven't talked about the game yet, but Traquan Smith going up against the Jets, man, like that might be. A consideration as well. I, I would almost start Traquan, Sw- Traquan Smith and Kenny Galladay. And uh, are we okay? Are we starting Kenny Galladay? Like this uh, is but, but this is all over the place, brother. Like this is this yeah. is like this is messy. This is getting trashy, and I love it. I do love uh, it, but I'm probably starting Traquan Smith here out of all these guys. The more that I think yeah. about it, I mean Galladay's Galladay's questionable. He's probably going to go. Shepard's questionable. Slayton hasn't done anything. Slayton hasn't done anything too phenomenal. Slayton's um, no. Yeah, Slay- Slayton's a definite no. Gall- I mean, Galladay has that 
he has that potential. So uh, it really depends on what you need. If you need floor, if you need ceiling, um, if you need floor, I would go Traquan. If you, yeah. if you need a, a hope and a prayer, you can throw Galladay in and hope he catches a long touchdown, but he just, he hasn't been healthy. He, he secured that bag and then he just, uh, he went full Albert Hainsworth on him. Yeah. So we're starting Josh Palmer over Jalen Guyton. Here's the thing, right? Uh, Jalen Guyton is the more, um, athletic of these guys, right? He's six foot one, 212 pounds. He ran a 4.39 pro day with an 89th um, percentile speed score, 77th percentile agility and 86th percentile catch radius. But he is the backup to Mike Williams. So if Mike Williams plays, you can't play him. He's not going to get the opportunity, in which case you'd lean more Josh Palmer. Um, I'm not confident with him, um, Bali. I'll be honest with you. I like Traquan and probably Galladay. Those are probably my two top choices. Um, so hopefully helped you out there. It's, it's a lot of bottom of the barrel skag stuff, but kind of is what it is. Um, well, on the talk... last thing on the Washington game, Heineke is yeah. absolutely a streamable quarterback this week. Ooh, I love Heineke. Yeah. I'm playing him yeah. in an absolutely meaningless matchup, but, uh, I'm still playing him. Yeah. <laughs> let's I, I let's talk about you are too. In, yep, in, I'm playing him actually a game. I need to win for, uh, to secure a buy next week. So there I'm playing go. him. I'm, uh, and I'm fully expecting quarterback one production out of him. Let's talk about that Chargers Giants game then. Um, so right. the LA Chargers are going up against the Giants. They're a ten point favorite. It's only a forty three point over under. Uh, let's let's start with the the depressing side. Let's talk about the Giants. Okay, so Mike Lennon's going to start. He was cleared from the concussion protocol. Uh, there's no Kadarius Tony. Uh, Sterling Shepard is. I don't think he's going to play. Um, it's going to probably be Kenny Galladay. It's going to be Darius Slayton. Saquon Barkley is off the injury report. It's a decent matchup against running backs. What do you think? Like I think starting Saquon only... Barkley, but yes. are you, would you consider him like an in say like in DFS or uh, how are you ranking him? Because he is he a top ten play? Is he an RB one play this week or is he like a middling RB two play? I think he's a low end one, high end two, with with the potential yeah. to, to to catapult himself up into that top three. Um, uh, he so he is, always has he always has that ceiling. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I agree with Mike here. Mike says it's going to be an Eckler and Cook game. I think Jared Cook is sneaky, sneaky, like especially if Mike Williams doesn't play. But even if Mike Williams plays, I think that uh, Jared Cook's going to get some. I, I don't want to say it's my lock of the week, but I'm going to say it's kind of my lock of the week. I think Jared Cook scores a touchdown this week. Giants are <laughs> the Giants are tough against tight end. They're um, they're the twelfth toughest toughest against tight end according to DVOA. Yeah, but here's the, here's the thing, Mike. When it comes to like rankings and stuff like that, I look at the top end and the very bottom end as being yeah. like really definitive, right? When you're like, I have like 17th, it's a 17th matchup. To me, that's average, right? And if he's average, then I still think like um, Jared Cook's going to be able to get some because I trust Justin Herbert. That, that's what it comes down to. And I trust him to use Jared Cook, especially when his boy Keenan's not there. Now, here's the thing Keenan Allen, he likes to deploy in the slot. Austin Eckler is just going to absolutely feast this week. Oh, I love Austin Eckler. I think he's going to be the RB1 on the, on the week. Even ahead of Alvin Kamara, I think it's going to be an Eckler day. Yeah, so I, I would I, agree. That's going to be fun. That's going last to be thing, fun. Last thing on the Giants side, uh, uh, yeah. you're calling your Jared Cook touchdown. I'm calling Evan Ingram touchdown. What? <laughs> oh, yeah. Man. Despite despite the egg I laid last week with my CJ Uzoma pro- projection, mm. my CJ Uzoma call, um, LA still gives up the second most touchdowns to tight ends. Um, they've they're one of only two teams who have given up ten or more touchdowns to tight ends. So, in the absence yeah. of any other freaking pass catcher, 
Ingram's talented. He can catch, and he's he's off the injury report. He's healthy. It could be an Ingram Barkley game for you. Yeah, when it comes to the tight ends, I, I want to like build on my DFS lineup. So like, okay, who is playing the Philadelphia Eagles this week? Oh shit, they're on a bye. All right, let's let's line this one up then. So look, if Evan Ingram gets into the end zone, it's going to be too little, too late. Because if you if you've been riding Evan Ingram all all season, there's a pretty damn good chance you're not in your playoff run. <laughs> that's just that's well, just I think the reality of it. Well, I think the thing is though that he's he's probably been tossed back onto the scrap heap. And if you're yeah, desperate, you know, if you have if you have a Dallas Goddard on body and you haven't been planning ahead, you could go on there, grab him for three for free, throw him in, you know, get seven point five points out of him. It, uh, one one for five and a touchdown gets you seven and a half points. That's probably yeah. enough to help you tell to hopefully help salvage your day, and then you move on to next week. That's it, man. You do what you can. You salvage. It's just like here's the thing, right? Like this is it. It's it's all the marbles this week for a lot of teams because it's been a crazy ass season. It really has been with just a number of injuries, all these freaking old dirt players that are coming and just reinventing their careers. It seems like uh, some you might not have any better options. That's just the reality. So why not Evan Ingram? Everybody else is coming back and, and showing, hey, maybe there's a pulse in this player. Let's go, Evan Ingram. I like it. Let's move on to something a little bit more exciting, a little bit more sexy, Mike Dickinson. Let's talk about those Cincinnati Bengals against Ooh. the San Francisco 49ers. Now, this game I like for two reasons. One is a high over-under. It's 48.5 over-under, but it's projected to be a close game. San Francisco's favored by a point and a half. Um, Mo fucking T. Higgins is coming on hot. Unfortunately... It seems like, at least for now, you can't really support a strong T Higgins and Jamar Chase. It's usually one or the other who's going to have a strong game. But this week, Cincinnati going up against San Francisco. How do you beat San Francisco, Mike? Through the the air. air. That's right. So it's going to be a fun game. I think it's going to be a T Higgins game. But, baby, I'm still starting uh, Jamar Chase with with confidence. Talk to me, first of all, all, about the Cincinnati side. Uh, so on the on the Cincinnati side, I love you love 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 Joe Burrow this week. Um, yeah, he has. Don't let the pinky t- injure you. He's 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 throwing like normal. It says he says so. Don't let that worry you guys. Yep. And honestly, I think you could see you could see Chase and Higgins both put up wide receiver one numbers this week. They both have they both have high end plus matchups. Um, yep. You know they're they're both going to see a decent number of targets. You got Josh Norman on one side for San Francisco and Dante Johnson on the other side, who are. Josh Norman, there was a there was a day where Josh Norman was feared. That day has yeah. long since passed. Do not yeah, fear Josh absolutely. Norman. <laughs> absolutely. He um, looks his age. That's just the bottom line he does. Yeah, don't we all? Um <laughs> the, in the backfield, Mixon is going to be a true game time decision. So if he sits fire up Samaje P. Ryan, Chris Evans is Chris Evans is down with an ankle. So it looks like that uh if Mixon sits, P. Ryan would get that entire workload. Uh I mentioned this before, but Uzoma is not usable this week. San Francisco is extremely tough against the tight end. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's pretty apt. And Uzoma hasn't done much in the last month. So like if you're starting him, it's it's a prayer, and I don't recommend it. Um, what about on the San Francisco side? So Elijah Mitchell is officially out. Um, are you more comfortable? Jeff Wilson has been nodded as the starter, but are you more comfortable starting Jeff Wilson, who when he did play as a starting role a couple weeks ago, did not look good. looks like he had oatmeal in his pants coming off that injury. <laughs> um, apparently, <laughs> that's an Alex Dunlop-ism, the oatmeal in the pants. Um, he doesn't look good. Jermichael Hasty did look like he had a little, little bit more burst. Like, if you had to start one of these guys, who are you more com- comfortable starting? 
uh, Jamichael Hasty, just because it seems that Hasty is going to get the passing down work. Wilson also had that knee flare up again this week. So yeah, exactly. And if you caught if you caught that in Shanahan when Shanahan was talking to the press, he said that uh, Wilson had the knee flare up earlier in the week, and when he does, it's typically two to three days where it bothers him. So I think that was Tuesday or Wednesday. It's still with how he looked that game where he got the chance to start and the knee flare up. I don't feel good about it. He can still be anointed the starter, and we could see it like we saw with David Johnson two years ago where he started played one play and then sat for the rest of the game so yeah um i'm I'm more confident hasty if for no other reason then jimmy has to throw to somebody and he can't throw i guess technically he could but he's probably not going to throw 28 times at george kittle no no i mean so here's the thing about uh depot samuel is questionable which would be a quick return right they said it would probably be a couple weeks this would be a second week missing a game um selfishly i kind of want him to sit because you want him to be a little bit healthy it's it's a groin injury and like so i, I played goalie growing up and when i had a groin injury man it's fucking painful going down yeah. and making cuts and making those lateral moves so selfishly i kind of want him to sit one more week just so that he's fully healthy going into your fantasy playoffs but i mean if you've got Debo samuel in your team um and you need to win this week you probably want him to play so i go back and forth but I mean, look, you're starting Debo Samuel if he starts. Um, if he doesn't start, you're starting ben, Brandon Ayuk, I would say, with confidence. Brandon Ayuk is finally starting to look like kind of what we thought he was going to um, to start the season. It seems like he's out of the uh, the Shanahan doghouse. But if Debo plays, how confident are you starting Brandon Ayuk as a wide receiver two or potentially wide receiver three? Uh, I feel confident starting him as a wide receiver too. I think if Debo plays, okay. you're going to see him in that hybrid role again, where he could yeah. he could have one target, a rush for 79 yards and a touchdown. Um, but because Debo's on the field, field you're still going to dedicate uh, secondary resource to him. So it'll open yeah. up it'll open it up big time for Ayuk. It'll open it up for Kittle. Um, I feel better about Ayuk if if Debo plays. Yeah, so do I. Oh, really? So you would rather actually Debo play for Ayuk? Yeah, I, I think so. Just because I think it's going to take because now you have you have Debo in the backfield and you ha- and you have Hasty. I think if Debo plays, it knocks Hasty down. Um, yeah, that's true. That that's pretty accurate. I like that. That's a good take, yeah. Mike. So I, I I feel better about Ayuk if Debo goes, but even if Debo doesn't go, you're still starting Ayuk. Fair enough. All right, let's move on. <clears throat> okay, so we went from a sexy game to just a depressingly poor game. We got Jacksonville going at Tennessee. Tennessee's a nine-point favorite. It's a 43.5 over-under. Okay, let's talk about Tennessee first. Um, from a backfield perspective, uh, it's Foreman. Uh, Jeremy McNichols is supposed to be back, which means Dontrell Hilliard is probably going to uh, be relegated to the RB3 once again. Um, Foreman looks good. So you're starting Foreman if you have him. I would say probably if you have to start him as an RB2, you're doing it. Uh, I'm comfortable as more of a flex play. Are you comfortable starting Jeremy McNichols or Dontrell Hilliard? And which one would you rather start? Like, is McNichols going to come back in and usurp him? I I don't know. I I don't feel comfortable starting either one of them. I I barely feel comfortable starting Dante Foreman. The only reason the the matchup is the only thing that gives me any level of confidence. Yeah. 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 I mean, he's a plotter. That's what he is, what it is. I mean, look, I'm I'm so happy for the man because for those who don't know, like he blew his Achilles on like a beautiful touchdown run, and he really hasn't played much since that. Was it two years ago now, Mike? It feels like forever ago. Um, yeah. So again, it's just you know the whole narrative of these old, we thought washed players coming into the league and and, and having defined roles. Um, <clears throat> Julio Jones is supposed to be back. 
We you you and uh, who was it? You and Sully, you and Mike, you, you Chris. Were, you were talking shit. It was Chris. Chris right. Malillo. Yeah, that's. <laughs> I love Chris. He's he's just so so for those. So Mike came into this league, um, <laughs> the Banana Hammock Boys League, the roster watch listener league, like a bat out of hell, man. Just coming in, talking shit to everybody. He doesn't care. He's got a hot take, and you're gonna hear the hot take. Uh, Mike comes in and talks about how Julio's gonna what like destroy slate. Uh, he was talking big game about Julio. No, Chris. Chris said Julio's gonna destroy the slate. I'm off Julio. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, and then you can't. Yeah. You're like, why, why would Julio all of a sudden come in after like not playing at all this season and just completely destroy the slate? Like, it doesn't make any sense. But I, I, I don't know. If you're going to do it, it's going to be against Jacksonville, right? Yeah, I think from a and I think Chris needs him to go because we're head to head. Chris is Chris is vying for a buy this week, so I think he's oh, trying to yeah. will it into ex- he's trying to will it into existence. Which I got to give him credit. You know what? Um, Chris Chris beat me last week. I went from second last week. Now, if I lose this week, I could potentially be out of the freaking playoffs. That is how tight our league is. And that's what I love about this league, to be honest. It's also depressing. Here's but, the other uh, thing, too, is Chris has ridden his matchups. He's Chris is nine and four. He's currently sitting as a three seed, but he's he's like bottom of the barrel in points scored. I think he's he's eighth out of twelve in total points scored. So yeah, he's had well, the he he's had the benefit he's had the benefit of those matchups. So um yeah, but whereas give, you, give him whereas, credit. All you gotta do is win win your game. That's right. Oh man! So you guys had a fun matchup. People don't give a shit about the league. Well, we're going to talk about it anyways, people. Because this is <laughs> our podcast. Yes, you're going up against Chris. This was fun because you got Kirk Cousins, you got the beautiful Justin Jefferson, but man, he is Dalvin Cook, and Dalvin Cook had a fucking game over yeah. 200 rush yards. Man, Pittsburgh looks deflated. They look like they're done. That's it, man. That locker room, like everybody's turning on Chase Claypool. Um, they're talking about how Pat Frymuth, even though he got hit by three different um, freight trucks at the same time, didn't catch that ball in the end zone. Like, man, people are so hilarious. It's 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 funny. But the Steelers, man, like Big Ben is not the answer. He wasn't the answer this year. And he, like, you don't have to be no Nostradamus to know like this was not going to work out well for the Steelers. Mm-hmm. Um, but Chase Claypool is not the reason the Steelers lose those games. Chase Claypool is one of the reasons why they're able to compete in those games. So Steelers fans, just relax, okay? In the words of Aaron Rodgers, L lax. <laughs> um on that on that Tennessee game, back to back to Julio a little bit. Uh I, I worry about an in-game setback with him, even if they activate him off IR today. And he still hasn't yeah, been activated yet, so you gotta watch for him to be activated today. Yeah. The one thing I worry about is a is an in-game setback. He is famous for that, starting the game, <laughs> playing a series or two, and then uh relegating himself to the sideline. Tannehill has also been terrible. I think I think I saw a stat yeah. he's thrown for he's thrown for one touchdown or or less in nine of his last ten games. So he's a he's a back end QB too. I in that the the midseason draft, the, the midseason league that we're in, I yeah. drafted him and Matt Ryan thinking <laughs> that they were that I was gonna ride high on those two. And now I'm fighting for my playoff life in that league. Um oh, so man. I, I'm starting Nick Westbrook Ine if yeah if if you well, have he's, a, he's a wide receiver one he's a, a yep. wide receiver one on that team uh, obviously Julio is if he comes back but are we confident he's going to be healthy I'm not honestly I feel he better about Westbrook. That the, I feel better about Westbrook Akine if Julio does come back to be honest yeah that's, 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 Julio will take yeah. the attention you know Westbrook gets the number two corner and uh, there you go have yourself a day young man. Have yourself a day. All right, let's have ourselves a day. New Orleans going up against the Jets. It is a 43-point over-under. New Orleans is, of course, favored by five and a half points. What do you do? You start your tight ends against Philly. You start your running backs against um, the Jets. Who, who, Who's that running back for the New Orleans Saints again? It's not Mark Ingram because he's on the COVID list. What's that guy's name? All right, Elvin Kamara. 
Ooh. one of the best running backs in the game right now. Alvin Kamara is going to have a day, man. He's coming back. He hopefully is healthy. Um, I don't care about this whole narrative that he can't play with Taysom Hill because he doesn't get the ball. They're going to get him the freaking ball against New York Jets. The only problem, the only thing that I worry about here is if they're like, if New Orleans is trying to fight for a playoff spot and they get up big, like, are they going to just work Alvin Kamara to the bone? Like, can the Jets keep up to the point where it's a competitive game by the end? Uh, that's the only thing that worries me a little bit. But um, what do you think on the New Orleans side here? I, I think that they I think that New York actually can keep up just because I think with Taysom Hill back there, you're looking at a lot more field goal drives than touchdown drives. Um he's got yeah, that he's got that mallet finger injury, which is the same injury that kept Russ Wilson out for like six weeks and required <laughs> yeah. surgery. He somehow is gonna play through it. He who couldn't hit the broadside of a barn before he hurt his finger <laughs> is now gonna try and play through a debilitating have, finger injury. If what was it, four interceptions last week? I can't remember. Yeah, it was, it was three or four. It was bad. Oh my god! Actually, you know what? Speaking of willing into existence, um, I played Chris last week, and he had Taysom Hill, and and that last garbage time touchdown was just an absolute backbreaker, absolute back, uh, backbreaker. But man, little Jordan Humphrey's out this week, I believe. Marquez Callaway is 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 he active or is he just not playing well? I mean, that's one of the I, reasons we recommend Traquan Smith, right? Because Traquan is definitively the wide receiver one in that offense. Despite the oh, fact so that- I didn't. I didn't know Lil Jordan Humphrey was out this week. Lil Jordan Humphrey and Traquan Smith uh, are the two. He he very well could be. Oh maybe. Oh maybe. No, or maybe I'm, I'm missing, uh, mixing it up with, with Marquez. But uh, either way, I don't really have a lot of confidence in the passing game, other than the fact that I think Traquan's going to be the one, which is why I did recommend him before Bali. Um, here's the thing, though. On the other side, uh, Elijah Moore. He's been phenomenal this season, but he didn't practice. Um, I didn't see the the practice report from yesterday. Did he practice yesterday? I, I no, tried to look before the no, show. No, he didn't. And this so, year, the Jets have not played anybody on Sunday who have missed all three practices during the week. So it's not looking good. Which is just absolutely tragic because last week he had 12 targets. He had went seven for 86 on a touchdown. He's the wide receiver of number four, Mike Dickinson, since week seven. He has, I would say he's broken out like very cleanly. I, I he looks fantastic, but if he doesn't play, then I pretty much don't trust anybody on the jets. I like nobody zero. Don't trust anybody. No, I'm with you a hundred percent. Let's move on then. <laughs> Nothing more to see here, ladies and gentlemen. Okay. We got two more games to talk about. So the first game I want to talk about is actually, no, we're going to talk about the Sunday night game first. Okay. Perfect. Chicago bears at green Bay. Green Bay is a 12 and a half point favorite. And it's a 43-point over-under, which means Green Bay is projected to score. And guess what? Chicago is not. Um, MVS last week had nine targets. So I'm comfortable starting MVS. You're starting um, Devontae Adams, obviously. Would he come out on this Green Bay backfield? Aaron Jones is back. Um, oh, Bali's asking, Should we? are we comfortable starting Crowder? Uh, you know what? Actually, if no. Elijah Moore... See, the thing is, Zach Wilson doesn't seem to like Jameson Crowder. Jameson Crowder is a professional NFL wide receiver, slot wide receiver. We've seen Elijah Moore play outside and not just take the slot. We thought they were going to kind of be interchangeable. If Elijah Moore doesn't play, Jameson Crowder is a viable option. But for whatever reason, uh, Zach Wilson has not seen how the propensity to throw to Jameson Crowder. So I would say start him when you have to. I'm, do, I'm starting Crowder in a few leagues. I'm not doing it with confidence, and I am prepared that he's going to get like four targets just because the Jets are so bad. So 
start him with caution, Bali. That that's PJ, all I have to say. PJ Williams, the slot corner for the Saints, has given up 152 scoreless yards on the season. He gives up oh a 78 percent completion rate, but there's not going to be a lot of room for Crowder to operate. So there you go. It's gonna if you have a better option, you start a better option. It's a bad matchup, and Zach Wilson hates him for whatever reason. So look elsewhere, Bali, if yes. you can. Um, okay, so going back anyway, to the back game, to Green Bay yeah, back, back to the Green Bay backfield. So Jones um, and Dylan, you're starting yeah. Aaron Jones, obviously. Are you starting AJ Dylan? I th- I think if you if you have to, if you're looking for a flex play, I think you could do a lot worse than AJ Dylan this week, honestly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Aaron Aaron Jones is still he's probably not all the way healthy, um, even though even though he's back playing. And honestly, if you're Green Bay, you're looking to the postseason. Um, yeah. You know what what those guys have been able to do. Have, what they've been able to string together the last three years is just—it's been amazing. They just—they just keep going. They just keep—they keep running the division and you know falling flat on their face in the playoffs. Which whatever, but uh, for our purposes, yeah. they're looking for—they're looking—they're looking to the postseason, which means at some point you have to preserve Aaron Jones, um, and you know, which means a little more work is going to go to AJ Dillon. So Aaron Jones yeah, is mean, a low end, low end one. Uh, AJ Dillon is a low end two flex play. Yeah, I and mean, here's the thing: when not if, when Green Bay gets up big, they're going to run. They're going to kill the clock with AJ Dillon. So, Dillon, like so the first call it three quarters of the game, if Dillon hasn't really done much, don't don't stress until the clock uh, shows zero because he's going to get uh, lots of touches at the end of the game. I think because they want to save Aaron Jones for the playoffs. I think that's yep. that's accurate. Now, I have MVS's. I have MVS as one of my oh, yeah. flex plays this week. Um, Kevin King's yeah. going to be back. Yeah, Kevin King's going to be back, so you could see him line up against Devontae this week. There's no Randall Cobb. Devontae's been limited all week with a hamstring, and as you mentioned before, MVS has seen – he saw nine targets last week. He saw 10 the week before that, so he's averaging nine and a half targets over the last two weeks. He is also going to line up primarily <sighs> against Artie Burns, which despite popular belief is not a failed <laughs> Long Island Circuit comedian. He is an actual yes. NFL quarterback who gives up the second most fantasy points per route run in coverage. Oh my God, Artie Burns reference. That is amazing, Mike. That's <laughs> That's the level of humor that you're getting. There you me. go. This is why this is why the, the, the people tune into the Flex Network every single week, Mike. And that's why we that's why you are now officially part of the Flex Network because we need <laughs> jokes like that. I love it. Big in the heat. Um Darnell Mooney, I'm starting him as a flex because he's just gonna get the targets. Uh, David Montgomery, man, like he just looks good, right? Like he, he he's kind of matchup um proof at this point. Like Yes, he might get, go 15, 20 carries for 85 yards and not get a touchdown, and it doesn't look amazing, but he kind of is that backfield. Justin Fields is, is going to start. Um, we'll come at look elsewhere, I'd say, right yep. now. What do you think about the Chicago side? Uh, Chicago side, I think, uh, in a 2QB setup, you could play Fields. I think that he could he could he could get you some points with his legs. I could see a yeah. very real scenario where he runs for eighty to hundred yards and could potentially get the touch. It could potentially get in the end zone, so he could get you fifteen with his legs just on his own. Um, I'm surprised I, that that Khalil Herbert hasn't seen the field more. To be quite honest, you know, Monty's been yeah. banged up. I know that they're not playing for anything which is even more reason to get a little bit more of a look at Herbert, preserve Monty. Um, I've never been a Montgomery truther, but I, I actually yeah. I have him on the, in my Banana Hammock Boys team, and I, 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 oh, missed yeah. him when he, I missed him when he was out, and I, I've, been impressed with, I've been impressed with him. Do you have Montgomery? He's, where do you think he's going to get drafted next season? Probably like the third round or late second? He, like, he'll either be the end – of that second tier or he'll drop down yeah. into the RB dead zone. 
probably. He, and he'll probably drop – it'll depend on who the coaching staff is that they bring in to replace Nagy and his goons yeah. and what their philosophy is. <laughs> I like that. That's that. You're right because if Khalil Herbert's going to expect it to get more of a, of a opportunity to actually play and it's more of a split backfield, David Montgomery right now feasts because he gets he's like the only show in town. They're not using Khalil Herbert how they should be using him, right? Yeah. Um, so that, that's that's pretty accurate. I think that, yeah, depending on what we hear through training camp is going to really depend. But I, I can see David Montgomery going in the third round. I would probably be pretty happy going David Montgomery in the third round. I mean, when he plays, he, he's productive for your team. So, um, yeah, I think that's interesting. Let's let's move on unless you've got something else to say. We've got one more game to talk about, another fun one. Shall we? Yeah. Let's do it. Kansas City going up against Las Vegas. It's a 48-point over-under. Kansas City is favored by nine and a half points. Could this be the week where people say, why? Why were we doubting those Kansas City Chiefs when Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey and Clyde Edwards-Elaire and one Patty Mahomes have massive, massive fantasy days, Mike? The answer to your question is yes. Ooh, Ooh, I love it. Yeah. Keep talking dirty to me like that, Mike. Ooh, yeah. um, I, <laughs> I think I think you're starting Mahomes, Hill, and Kelsey. Obviously, with where you drafted them, they are your QB1, your wide receiver one, and your mm-hmm. tight end one. Hill is seeing more targets per game this year than he has in the last couple of years. He just hasn't done as much with them. Um, but I think that changes, I think that changes this game. Uh, one other note on the Kansas City side, obviously, you're starting CEH as, the, as an RB2. The last time that they played Kansas City, played Las Vegas, mm-hmm. uh Daryl 1L Henderson, Daryl 1L Williams was the the running back so as ceh was out he went nuts in the passing game i think he went like 11 for 101 and a touchdown since ceh has come back he's still been hovering around 50 percent of snaps and last year he last week he put up 80 yards on eight touches so depending on how this game goes uh williams could still see a decent amount of work i think if you have to start him as a flex play you can you can go ahead and feel fine about it that is that is interesting. I would have not gone that deep, Mike, but I, I like that play. What about on the uh, the Las Vegas side? So the Drake is out for the season. Yes. Josh Jacobs. He's there's been a lot of buzz this week, but it is only the twenty two match, the twenty second ranked matchup against running backs. Um, I get he's the only show in town, and volume is king. But how confident are you starting uh, Josh Jacobs? And then we talked about a Foster Moreau. You said you've got a, you'd start Jared Cook over Foster Moreau. Uh, you start Austin Hooper over Foster Moreau. Um, where would you rank Foster? Is he like a top twelve tight end? Are you, is he a starter this week? He he's he's a borderline starter, depending yeah. on what you have and what's available. Um, like I said, I I picked up Hooper and Moreau both off the wire, and I'm starting Hooper this week. Um, so there's there's better there's there there's possibly better options out there. Uh, so I can't I can't take credit for this, but I think it was. I think it was, who who was it? I think it was Doctor Roto. What talked about it was the Island of Foster Moreau. That just made me laugh. For those of you who yeah. read that book <laughs> back in the eighties, it was just fantastic. That, that that cracked me up. So I had to I had to throw that out there. But um, yeah, and, and then what about the wide receivers? Right, like that's just it's Hunter Hunter Renfro Hunter, could end up yeah. as the wide receiver one this week. I think he is going to see an absolute. Yeah, he absolutely could. Um, he's, I guess, see... man, in, in PPR leagues, in PPR leagues, strictly. Actually. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely in PPR leagues. Yeah. Um, Legarius Sneed is the slot corner. Legarius Sneed. Let me say that once more time for the people in the back. L apostrophe Jarius Sneed is the slot corner for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, he's in the slot seventy percent of the time. Renfro runs sixty five percent of his routes out of the slot. Um, Sneed is giving up about he's about point three five. Uh, fantasy points per route running coverage, um, and it is a plus plus matchup for Hunter Renfro. Uh, just to touch to circle back on the 
and Jacob's thing. I think the thing that you're hanging your hat on is the fact that script game script favors him either way. Yeah. JB got so if Las Vegas somehow gets up early, they're gonna run it out with him. Um, unless for some reason they they would flop back to Peyton Barber, which I don't see. If they're down, which they're probably gonna be, Jacobs is the guy getting all the passing work. So I mean, either yeah. either way, he's his ceiling is probably higher if Las Vegas goes down, which Vegas, which Vegas the the bookmaker probably thinks they will. will. Yeah. Um so uh, that's why I feel confident about him. I, I think you start him as, a, as an RB1 with confidence. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a popular DFS play this week, which is why I brought him up. But yep. it's going to be interesting, man. So that's it. We did it. We made it. We made it through here. Um, ladies and gentlemen, good luck. It's week 14. But hopefully you're fighting for a playoff spot. Hopefully you've secured a playoff spot. If you're out of it, just remember, set your lineup. Still compete. You could play upset. You could play spoiler to somebody else. So, Mike. With that, where do the good people find you? On Twitter, at Mike underscore Dickinson. I'm ramping up my meme and shit-talking game as we speak. Yeah, Mike is the king of the shit talk, so definitely hit him up on Twitter. <laughs> he loves to talk shit. We love we love interacting. Uh, for those who are still listening and watching, thank you so much for, for listening to the end. We really appreciate your support and your loyalty. We love you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, thank you to all the questions in the chat today. Um, like and subscribe um and look we're going to be here throughout the the playoffs we're going to start talking about rookies very very soon it's going to be exciting and uh look let's let's crush it let's flex on our leagues this week and get into the playoffs so with that mike thanks again for joining me today um yep, hopefully we'll get you on before the end of the season again follow him at mike underscore dickinson on twitter you can follow us at the flex network one for mike i'm flex shane and we are the flex Flex Network. <laughs> this is the Flex Network. Flex on them. Flex on everybody. This right here is the Flex Network. <laughs>